The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we are doing another top 10 episode and one that you might uh, thought was coming since we kind of decided a little while back that we wanted to do this. I can't remember exactly what episode it was. It wasn't that far back, though. No, it wasn't. It was actually, it was probably like within the last 10 or so. um, And we had kind of come to their conclusion. We're like, oh, we should do a Toad West Sprocket album. It had it had to have oh, been Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, because there because there was uh, Little Heaven was on yep. their soundtrack. Yep, yep. And so we decided we wanted to talk Toad the Wet Sprocket, but decided ultimately, and I think I agreed with. Well, I think I'm the one who suggested this actually, uh, that we do a top ten instead of an album review, mostly because for me, I'm I was kind of more of a I was I was a Toad fan, but I was more of a hits, the mm-hmm. hits type of Toad fan. Um, so I, I didn't want to just focus on one album. I wanted to talk about a bunch of the different ones. So I thought, you know what, let's just do a top 10. That way we can talk about all the songs we want to talk about. That sounds, yeah, sounded good to me. Cause, um, there are two main albums that I remember listening to, um, but a couple extra songs from a few other albums that mm-hmm. I did like it that have made my list. So, so yeah, I'm all for this. Cool. Um, so since we're not doing an album review, we don't typically kind of do a rundown of, the band, but I kind of want to do just a quick little thing about the band. I think there's a lot of people who don't know Ted the, Toad the West Rocket as much as you know. I'd hope so. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good call. Um, so the band uh, itself is from Santa Barbara, California. They formed in 1986, um, wow. and they're still yeah. touring. Like they today. are, and I saw them uh, probably back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw them. They were opening for the Counting Crows. And um, I, I should have gone. They're actually playing earlier this year, not long ago, mm-hmm. um, here in Georgia. It was a free concert. It was them and Train were playing oh, free wow. uh, at Woodstock, Georgia. And I, I just had too much going on. I couldn't go mm-hmm. up for it, but I should have. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same way um, with uh, Collective Soul. They've come to town like two or three times, and I keep wanting to go see them, and I just I just haven't made the time to go do it. Yeah. I keep thinking, well, next time. Well, eventually, there's not there's not going to be a next time, so I need mm-hmm. to kind of do it. So the band members, I'll just kind of go through real, really quickly. Uh, Glenn Phillips is the lead vocalist. Todd Nichols is lead guitar. Dean Dinning is bass, and Josh Dobin, Dalbin, I'm not quite sure, is the drums. Um, so one thing you might think is, what a weird, interesting name. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because it comes from a weird, interesting show, uh, Monty Python. It came from a Monty Python oh, sketch. Um, okay. Uh, a sketch called Rock Notes, in which a journalist delivers a nonsensical music news report. And the beginning of it says, Rex Stardust, lead electric triangle with Toad the Wet Sprocket, uh, had to have blah, blah, and it goes on. So it was kind of a nonsensical thing. They heard it and were like, you know what? Let's make Toad the Wet Sprocket. Well, that's, that's cool. So that's where it came from. I'm a little disappointed they didn't actually have lead electric triangle, but yeah. lead electric triangle probably wasn't a thing then. I mean, it's not really now, but you know what, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so that's where they got their name. And I do remember uh, when the band kind of became famous, the name is really what drew people in. We're like, what a weird name for a band. <sighs> mm-hmm. 
Um, and you know what? Then they turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, honestly, yeah, they did. In my opinion, they have a lot of that kind of. I mean, uh, that alt rock, and maybe not. I mean, there's some grunge aspects to them as well, um, but yeah, more but so that, yeah. that early to early '90s alt rock sound. Yeah. Um, um, oh, what's a, there's, a, there's another band that I always kind of equate with them in that same similar sound, and I don't know why I'm blanking on the name. Gin Blossoms? That was exactly it. Okay, Gin I was like, because they, yeah, they're very similar. So, you know, it's not like, it's not like crazy anything. They don't, they don't play really, really heavy. They don't play yeah. really, really fast. They just play nice, easy rock and roll songs. And I'm not, I yeah. don't mean like yacht rock, just good alternative rock songs. Yes. Yes, they do. I'd, I'd equate it. More towards like REM with mm. less weirdness. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So I'm definitely uh, excited to jump uh, into this list. Adam, do you have anything else you want to add before we start? No, I didn't do songs? any. I didn't do any prep because this wasn't right. an album, so I didn't think to do any of that kind of stuff. That, um, and that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So um, really. I, I tried to kind of get a little extra info on the songs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but. I'm ready to dive in. Sure. Uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? I'll let you choose this time. Um, Let's do me and then you. Me and then you. Because like they were okay. probably more your band. So like ending on you, I think, makes more, more sense. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and my first song uh, comes from uh, the album Coil. Uh, so I've got a lot of the similar kind of albums on here. But this was... This is a good one, and a lot of the stuff I like from them, yeah, is not like some of their super hard stuff. They got, I mean, they don't have a lot of super hard stuff, I guess. Right. But um, my number ten is Crazy Life. Out of my list. So yeah, the, the vocals on this one are a little bit, I don't know, a little bit um, softer. They're not like coming at you for, for mm-hmm. a little bit. Then they kind of get a little bit louder with this one. Um, but I've always, whatever it is, you know, this was a song that I always gravitated towards. I always liked this one. Um, yeah, this style, this 90s style kind of takes me back. Uh, this is really some of my absolute favorite stuff. Like I, I have a joke with a friend of mine where he's a big emo guy, and I, and I can't, I, you know, actually, most emo music I hate. I just absolutely hate it because their voices are so nasally, um, and they just sound terrible. Uh, and I talk about, like, you know, I joke, like, uh, oh, yeah, new metal so much better. And it's almost like a new metal right. um, verse emo. And I like my new metal, but, like, this 90s alt-rock, like, you know, throw in, like, yeah, this Gin Blossoms, Better Than Ezra, uh, Hooting the Blowfish, Blues Traveler, mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. This is my jam. This is yeah. the stuff that makes me comfort level. Um, and this song uh, just kind of puts me right back in that spot. And I think soft is a good way to describe Clint Phillips' voice and not mm-hmm. in a bad way. Yeah. He he never seems to really sing kind of out of his comfort zone. But the thing is, is his voice blends pretty well with what they're playing. Yeah. And it doesn't, to me, it doesn't detract from the song. Um, he's kind of got a, a slightly, feels like a higher pitched voice 
a little bit enough to where it, it kind of pulls it above the rest of the band. Sure. So I can I can still hear it, but I never it doesn't feel like he's he's ever straining too much. Which probably is a good thing because it probably means that he can keep on doing this for as long as he can keep physically singing, because yeah. he's never gonna like kill his voice out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think soft is a good description, but I don't see that in a bad way. Yeah, I think it's just like his natural way of singing. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my number ten is kind of shouldn't be on the list, but I put it in there anyway because I really really liked it. Um, I mentioned that I went and saw them in 2014, and part of the reason they were tours because they had an album come out in 2013. Oh. Um, and it, it, the album was called New Constellation, and one of their singles I actually really enjoyed. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to put it on a, a top 10 list and a nostalgia thing, I'm going to put it on number 10, regardless of how I feel where it should be, because this, the nostalgia is what's going to pull the rest of the list. But I wanted to give homage to this album because I really liked it and my favorite song off that album is the title track New Constellation How did I get so far off center poppier vibe to that song a little bit more and and, you know any band is gonna grow yeah but it still feels like toad Mm -hmm. it still feels like the same band it just feels like they've matured a little bit yeah yeah i'm getting some because there's some like around that that age yeah some of these um i don't know like the uh walk the moon i mean not quite as poppy as like walk the moon but like there's still like some of that like more modern pop rock um into like their toad style so yeah i'm cool with that song Okay, yeah. and I mean, it was came out in 2013, so it's not it doesn't quite fit the con uh, not the constellation it doesn't fit uh, the sort of nostalgic concept, but I'm never gonna really get another chance to throw that in, so I figured mm-hmm. number ten I'll throw that in, give homage to what they have been doing because they're still sure. creating music. I think I think they even have another album that came out like in 2016 or something like that. And 2001, I saw that they dropped a new album. I'm sure they're 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 on doing this tour for um, this recent tour because of a, they keep they keep making stuff. Yeah. Did you mean they 2021? Had- what did I say? 2001? You said 2001. Yeah, 2021. Yeah, Starting okay. Now. Uh, they had an album called Starting Now that came out uh, just last year. Cool. I might check that out. Uh, all right. Let's go on to your number nine. Uh, I definitely think my number nine has a chance to be high on your list, or at least higher on your mm-hmm. list. It was one of their biggest hits. It's Walk on the Ocean. Higher on my list. Yep. Not surprised. Uh, all right. So my number nine uh, was a song that uh, came off of one of their maybe bigger albums, but it was not a single. Um, and I don't remember how I heard it, um, but it's uh, I've, I've always found it to be a, a good, decent enough song. Uh, it's from the 1994 album Dulcinea, and it's called Crowing. Uh, Crowing is higher on my list. Okay. All right, well, let's go to your number eight. <laughs> All right, my number eight is another one of their uh, bigger singles. Um, it might be higher on your list. I'm gonna, and mine is Good Intentions. 
higher on my list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Woo. Uh, all right. Um, uh, it's I'm. You know what? My next one is possible that my number eight is higher on your list because it was the whole reason that we decided to do this list. My number eight is Little Heaven. Did did not make my list. Okay, yeah. um, it's it's a it's still a, a a very good song. Actually, I would probably put New Constellation above this okay. if I was being but true to myself. But in in fairness of this, um, was was released on the In Light Syrup album in 1995. I think we I think you did mention that mm-hmm. when uh, we talked to Buffy. But it originally was for the Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, movie. It's mm-hmm. just it's just a nice little song. Yeah, There's nothing overly is. special about it. It's just a nice little song. Yes, it is solid. It actually fit really well in kind of like that slow dance prom scene uh, mm-hmm. where I think it was played in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It fit well in that early 90s kind of feel. Um, yeah, it's a solid song. Um, yeah, no no issues with it. It just didn't happen to me, but it's good. Good call. Okay. All right, well, let's go ahead on to your number seven. Uh, my number seven is one of their more fast-paced, uh, somewhat rocking songs. It is on the Dulcinea album, and it's Fall Down. Higher my list. Another, I'm going with like their bigger <laughs> hits right here. Yeah, they yeah. all like a lot of bigger hits fell in this kind of range for me. Um, I do not expect uh, this one to be on your list. So this one also comes from the album In Light Syrup, which was actually the first Toad album I ever owned. Yeah, I thought I, I was, remember you having that. I one. was very familiar with Toad's music on MTV and the radio and their hits. Um, but the first one I actually took the time to go purchase was uh, In Light Syrup. Uh, and this one, originally, I believe, was that something they wrote back in like either 1990, I think 1992. Yep. And it came off of a little cassette that they made called Rock and Roll Party All Night Volume 2. Um, it was just like, a, it was just a couple of singles of stuff that mm-hmm. they were doing. So this was way back, like right after they did Fear. Um, and I think this was a, a, I don't know if it was a B-side. I think it was just a random cassette that they put out. And it has kind of a, a silly name. And you know what? I first listened to it because I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cute. And then I really kind of enjoyed the song. It is called Hobbit on the Rocks. Don't criticize what a vicar would prize in you. And talk to the man if you feel he's talking to Not on my list, but I did listen to it for this one. It's not one that um, kind of hit nostalgia feels for mm-hmm. me, so I didn't make my list. But I do get. I actually, you you mentioned REM. I get kind of an REM feel with this one. Yeah, I yeah. I, I can call it. I can see that if that if they did not ever list REM as a as a you know a uh, influence, I would be very very shocked. Yeah. Um. 
The this in light syrup as being the first uh, one, I knew most of my deep cuts were going to come from that album because that was the first one where I kind of listened to their deeper cuts, not just their hits. Um, it's just a it's a fun little song, you know. The, uh, uh, seeing Hobbit on a on a uh, on a on a title was was strange. So I was like, oh, cool. nerd, yeah, huge nerd. <laughs> um, but it's a fun little song. I find it weird that it's it was on a single single cassette called Rock and Roll Party. I would not necessarily yeah. equate the song with being a rock and roll party type of song. Nope. Uh, but it's just a good little Toad the Wet Sprocket song. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, all right. Your number six. We are moving along, John. And so if you remember my number nine, Walk on the Ocean, and then Good Intentions, Fall Down. These are some of their hits. What is the other major hit that you would remember from Toad the Wet Sprocket? Uh, probably, I would guess, All I Want. That is my number six. Higher my list. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, you can definitely see where the hits fell on my list. Yeah, you. yep, yep, yep. We just had opposite sides. Uh, all right. Uh, my number six comes off of the 1997 album Coil, um, and it's definitely one I, I do kind of remember like getting a little bit of radio play in 96. In 96, I feel like the pop and electronic uh, scene was Push, was pushing up along with like the boy band scene so yeah. a lot of those sort of alternative bands were kind of dying off the radio so i don't think they got as much airplay as is probably should have uh and i went with the song come down not make my list it was an honorable mention okay uh it's a good little song it's 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 the that's the one the one thing about like toad is like none of their songs are really that crazy so you they and they all i don't want to say they all sound the same but they definitely have a consistency in their sound yeah they do but this one this one i get i got a little bit more like hard guitar on this song if i yeah. remember there's more um, energy for sure yeah definitely more energy with the song and i do this definitely um went on to the charts at some point i can't remember what it hit it hit uh, uh, number 17 on the u.s mainstream rock charts never hit the okay. billboard top 100 but it definitely okay. hit the u.s mainstream rocks number 17 that's still respectable yeah quite respectable. i've never had a song hit the u.s mainstream rock chart <laughs> yeah no I, I never will so uh yeah no this was this was one i enjoyed um, yeah, those the two the vast majority of my songs came from Dulciana and Coil. Um, for me, those are my two big albums that I love the most. And so, uh, but yeah, this is this is a strong song. Okay, good one, good call. Cool. Uh, all right, up to your number five. Yeah, my number five was your number nine. I think it was Crowing. Oh 
so so this is one of those songs where on the top of my list, my top five mostly are um, some songs I we've had these discussion. Some of like your teen angst songs, some mm-hmm. of your teen think about yourself, you know, go walk and just be by yourself and just think. And crowing is one of those first ones in this group. Uh, four of the five from these top um, of mine are, are a lot of those, you know, look in inward kind of songs. Well, and this is the this one. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Finish your thought. Uh, and this is a nice slow song to me where I can mm-hmm. kind of just sit and listen and just absorb it. Um, and, I, and I very much enjoy it's like a bit of a slower pace, but I can just kind of sit and, and think. That's one thing I will say is that Glenn Phillips does that very well. That sort of introspective, thought-provoking yeah. stuff, and it, I think it's no coincidence that most of the world was introduced to their music through the show My So-Called Life, which was a very teen angsty show. Yeah, um, I th- I th- I really think that that was the show that really kind of kicked them off um, okay. to the wider world. Um, because I remember, I think it was either All I Want or Fall Down that was on that show. And that really kind of really, really, you know, kicked them into gear for the rest of the people. And kids, we were in a big angsty mood at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like the early 90s were the angsty time and the later 90s were more about the parties. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with uh, uh, the economy because in the mid to late yeah. 90s was some of the best... Uh, economic times we've mm-hmm. had and i think that yeah. showed in the music people wanted to party more so you, we see that in the music we were much more um pissed off about you know the end of the 80s and into the early 90s of what was going on and that shows in our music and it was it was a great time to be a teen um, mm. i mean granted i wasn't a teen until 93 but i mean you know that whole time of getting these kinds of songs and glenn phillips's if you really are listening to his his lyrics, man, he can the dude can make you feel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he has some real, and there's more for me to come on the, a lot of these feels. Um, yeah, and I and I being introduced to a lot of this, particularly Toad the West Rocket, I would feel mostly through you. Um, I had a lot of, I burned a lot of your CDs, or I had mm-hmm. some of your CDs, and so like when you no know, ninety eight. You know, you were almost done with high school. That's when I became a, a, a teenager. And then, like, you kind of left, and I still kind of kept listening to some of those kind of music that you had introduced me to. Mm-hmm. And I could still get some of those angsty um, vibes when I had the hormones to become angsty, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's it, it still kind of kept with me um, for, for that stuff. I didn't, you know, get into some of the later angsty stuff. Like, you know, I joke, like, with the emo stuff. I was just I was probably just a little too old for emo, but I didn't give a fuck about emo because I didn't connect with it. I connected more with this stuff probably because I had an older brother who introduced me to it beforehand, and so I already had that kind of connection. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on to. Oh wait, where are we? Well, I'm gonna, uh, your num- your my number, number five. five. That's where we are. We're on my number five. Uh, my number five also comes from the Dulcinea album, and it is something's always wrong. I can't feel much of for anything if I won't be there to catch you if you fall again. Seems we meet in the spaces and between. You're always 
another good feel song right there, man. Yeah. Um, and this one did get uh, a little bit more play. Uh, it was, I think, their second al- uh, second single off of the Dulcini album, and it reached number forty one on the Billboard Top one hundred. Oh, nice! So yeah, it, this- it, it made it made the 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 big you know the big uh, the big list as yeah. you call it. This was this was a, um, another an honorable mention for me. I think it's okay. a really good call. It's kind of a good mix between that kind of emotional feel good, but a little bit of an up tempo. So it's mm-hmm. you're you don't feel down too much. He just yeah. kind of he's I don't know. He just kind of takes you to a different place, I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. What is your number four? My number four is probably the most emotional song out of any of them um, that are, are on my list. And it is I th- think it is on uh, the same. uh okay. It is on the same as it, I keep calling it Dulce, Dulcinea. There we go. Mm-hmm. I think I pronounced that. I think that's pronounced. I'm finally pronouncing it correct on that album. Um, and it is Listen. Call you So again, angsty emotion, mm-hmm. screaming for someone to listen to him. Like this is a teen, fuck off. I just want to be by myself, mom. Kind of song. Um, these are the ones I connected with pretty heavily. Yeah, I actually, you know what? I'm starting to think that we had the Dulcinea album. I think mom had it. Oh, maybe. I think mom uh-huh. had it. Um, to be honest with you, um, I actually don't know that one. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one. This one. Um, it, it's a simpler song, but it's just got. It's got like there's some pain behind it, or there's something, and you know, it, it's not the best, most, you know, interesting song or the most interesting lyrics. But mm-hmm. I really like the way he still has a soft voice. Yeah. It's but he's almost screaming through his softness. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But I I really like it. That's cool. I can I you know having just listened to it a little bit I can. I can hear the emotion, yeah, pushing through, and especially into like the the chorus and and uh, some of the bigger parts. So I can totally see that because sometimes, sometimes even the lyrics don't even matter. It's how they're sung, it's how yeah. the music goes that just makes you emotional, and I can totally see that. Uh, all right, well, uh, if you're keeping track, all <laughs> of my top four have been spoiled. Yeah, I picked. I had all the heavier, the bigger uh, right. stuff. And so that was doesn't make it makes total sense because you said you were a singles guy. Yeah. And so I had all the singles earlier. Um, so, yeah, it totally makes sense. Uh, so my number four is I can't even remember which one it was for you, but it was mm-hmm. Good Intentions. And it's hard to rely on my own good senses when I miss so much that requires attention. I have to laugh at myself sometimes and I can't see. This little
I really think that this was the re- this song was the reason I decided to buy this album, and it's kind of a it it, it has kind of a happy vibe to it. It's catchy. Yeah, it, you're right. It, there's a poppy happy vibe to it, and it's a it's a good song. It was my number eight. Eight. Okay. Um, yeah, it was that was it's a fun it hit number twenty three on the Billboard Hot one hundred. Yeah, and uh, hit uh, number sixteen in the U.S. mainstream top forty. Yeah. Um, was on In Light Syrup, but was originally from the Friends original TV soundtrack. Which kind of makes sense with like the happy, it, catchy vibe. It does. Once I saw that, I was like, okay, that makes total sense. Yeah. That they would want, you know, something. And you're right. It, it, it sounds like Toad, but it seems like, I don't know, it seems like it's more happy than we're, you know, more upbeat, joyful. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing to say, but like it just, it has, it has a little bit more of that poppy feel, which I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, it's always just been a fun song that I like to go back to. Sure. Sure. Yeah, exactly. This is a, um, this is the kind of song that fits perfectly on my nineties playlist. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're having like a, Oh, I just want to get in the nineties feel, you know, some of these other ones, like I just had like listen or something like that. That's for a specific time and place. Um, 90s, you want to like, I just want to feel nostalgic. Good Intentions is perfect for 90s nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, you're number three. All right. Uh, I am not worried about my three, two, or one. Obviously, <laughs> you're not on your list. Um, this song actually started off the Coil album, and I always really liked it. And it is Whatever I Fear. It's almost nothing left. And you eat my kind for breakfast. What did I expect? Come here and find anyone Find open arms to greet me And friends to feed me I sicken myself so much And you eat my kind for breakfast You eat my kind Whatever I feel the most is Whatever I see before me Whenever I let my guard down Whatever I was ignoring Whatever I feel the most is Whatever I see before me Whatever I have been given Whatever I have been So this one's got an acoustic guitar um, that I think kind of stands out a little bit from some of their other songs in particular. But I think this is a great start to that Coil album. And I, there is just um, just kind of the, the the I don't know, like not the intonation is not the right word, but um, just a dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, like the beat behind it just kind of mm-hmm. keeps me moving. I always I liked uh, you know, I guess the the rhythm for this song. Okay. And, and so I always I always kind of kind of enjoy that one. So it's not this is not one that was an introspective feel song. This is just one I actually just just enjoyed on its own. So Coil is not at all an album I've explored hardly at okay. all. Well then then maybe maybe yeah maybe I got these from mom or maybe I got these from a I had a friend burn them for me. But there was mm-hmm. something the Dulce uh, Dulcinea and Coil are big for me. Okay. And so, um, like, there's I, when I went back and listened to these, every single song on both of those albums triggered something. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I had these, I listened to these. Um, so I guess, yeah, I guess for you, it was like in light syrup and just their overall vibe. But I, I must have gotten these from something to somebody else then. Yeah. That then that's cool. I, I'm actually okay. now I'm more excited now to go back and revisit some of these older sure. albums for for some of the deeper cuts. Um, if you're if you're pulling some of this stuff out, and I did, you know, just you, you know, just playing it a minute ago, 
it does sound again. It sounds like Toad, but it's a little different. It sounds a yeah, little different, and it's it was a cool sound. Like I, immediately, I'm like, I'm definitely gonna find this song and listen to it. That's very cool. cool. Uh, okay, uh, my number three was one of your lower ones, and it was <laughs> All I Want. Feel this way, do, 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 this way. Oh yeah, was really a, good song. a big radio hit for them off of their 1991 album Fear, reached yeah. number 53 on the Billboard Top 100. Um, it's 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 definitely one of those songs that defined the alternative sound of the early 90s. Yes, uh, yeah. This was this was one of their biggest hits. This was a really good song, and you're right. This is absolutely when it's going to be one of those first couple songs that people think about when they think of Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah. And I, I've always just really kind of, in, you know, really kind of loved it. And it's just, oh, it's an easy, it's an easy listen. It is. That's a perfect way to put it. Easy listen. It's a very easy listen pop song. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go to your number two. All right. My number two. My number two and my number one. This is peak feels angsty Adam. Um, these are actually not, maybe not angsty even, but these are just like introspective. I want to feel something kind of song. These are definitely a little bit on the slower side, a little bit more on like the emotional side. Uh, my number two is also on a coil and I, whatever it was, man, um, this song just, uh, just kind of, I, I ended up putting it on a playlist. I call it. I've talked about this playlist before that I call, um, my Anytimes playlist. Both my number two and my number one are on my Anytimes playlist because these are the songs that I feel I can listen to at any time to make me, you know, just kind of feel I love them that much. And they're usually a little bit more of these emotional ones. This one is Damn Would Break. And everything that acoustic guitar at the beginning yeah like uh, i think coil has a little bit more um acoustic uh use than some of their previous albums and this is just another one of those songs where you can kind of you can feel he's i feel like he's giving it into this song he's giving what he has into this song and um yeah it's, it's, it's one that makes me you know feel you know when i think about a damn the dam would break and how this song kind of goes it's about the emotions are building up and it's going to flood. It's going to break through the dam and just flood you with emotions. And that's the kind of feeling I get with the song. And that's kind of how, what I, the connections that you kind of felt, you know, yeah. When you're a 
hormone teen and you're just like, I can't control it. I just, I can't, the, my dam's going to break and I'm just not going to, I'm not going to be able to control myself. So that's kind of always how I felt with the song. That's cool. Gives it some nice deep meaning. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, well, my number two um, uh, is my last one to come off of the, and I'm now, I literally looked it up on Miriam Webster and I actually believe it might actually be Dulcinea. Dulcinea. <laughs> so we've been fucking we're, it we're up wrong. completely. Well, and it's because it is it is a Spanish word from the term Dulcinea del Toboso, who was the beloved of Don Quixote from the story of Don Quixote. Okay. So Dulcinea. I think because it, in, in the definition is literally mistress or sweetheart. Oh, I love that. So I think it's Dulcinea because a little okay. bit more of a, a Spanish uh, pronunciation. Um, but it's 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 uh, one of their big rocking songs, which is Fall Down. Jump back. You got to get out of here. Dun, dun. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm about 90% sure this is the one that w- showed up on the, the soundtrack from uh, uh, My So-Called Life. Uh, mm-hmm. It was on, uh, I think it was on a pivotal episode. I think that's why I got a lot of time, or okay. I, you know, a lot of play. Um, but it's it's got a really cool opening guitar riff. It kind of rocks all the way through, but... Um, uh, but Glenn Phillips doesn't go too hard with his his voice, but it still feels like he's he's still doing some rock and roll stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This is definitely a little bit more of the rock and style. And I really, if you need that, because they do play blend like that slow stuff, the emotional stuff, and then here here's a nice little kind of rock song in there as well. So yeah, it, it's a really good one. Uh, all right, well we um, made it to our number ones. Yep, Adam, what was your number one? Uh, my number one, I actually love that I didn't pay attention that um, the Dulcinea, is that what you said, Dulcinea? Dulcinea, yeah. Dulcinea, um, as killing with Don Quixote because one of the more famous moments from Don Quixote is when he confused windmills with giants, and my absolute favorite song, pretty much hands down from Toad the Wet Sprocket, is another emotional one for me, uh, and it is called Windmills. Water So again, softer, emotional, um, you know, I think it's a very beautiful song. Mm-hmm. It's de- it's just absolutely another one of those where the types of song just makes me just kind of be like, oh man, I just kind of want to go on a walk and kind of listen to this song. I can kind of put it on repeat and listen to it a couple different times even mm-hmm. and just kind of look further and further into myself. I mean, I love the opening line. I've spent too much time raiding windmills and like, you know, which 
to me ties in well with the Don Quixote thing, mm-hmm. which is just like, oh, it's a, it's a it's a it's a sight gag, you know, it's it's a um, it's like a mind thing, you know. I've I've been chasing dreams, I've been chasing um, things that aren't really there, and that's kind of what I think you get from that line. And so it's just like, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of depth into this song, or at least if there's not depth to the song, teenager Adam felt like there was a fuck ton of depth to this. song. Well, I think you nailed it. Cause just looking on this, it, it says that windmills is a metaphorical song about how people spend much of their lives chasing absurd or impossible pursuits. The okay. illusion being to a specific scene in Don Quixote where the title character uselessly attacks a windmill. Yeah. Then yeah, and, and it is so there is so there exactly there are there it's a complete metaphor that they're putting into this one, and I picked it up, man, and I really liked it. I just also it's a chill, quieter song that you know, I do love those songs that are softer where mm-hmm. I can put on my headphones and I crank my headphones up because I want to hear every little bit of them, but it's not gonna like you know, comp- but I want to envelop myself into them and just kind of and just absorb. And so this is one of my, you know, bigger absorb songs that I've always liked. I've always had fairly on a fairly high rotation, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of just being a plays for me. So, yeah. Uh, just looking in on some of this stuff, it also says that Glenn Phillips has said that uh, Dul- Dulcinea is probably his favorite Toad album because they started to know what they were doing, but they weren't overthinking things uh, yet. And I, th- I can totally see <laughs> what he means by that, because sometimes... Sometimes songs just come, and as someone who mm. tries to write songs, sometimes I've done things where a song just writes itself, and you just feel mm. it, and it goes. And then sometimes you overthink it, and it just it doesn't feel organic anymore, and it just feels like you're just doing it to do it. And so I can totally see where he's uh, coming from uh, on that one. Uh, all right, uh, so my number... Oh, oh, sorry. I wanted to throw in um, sure. windmills was apparently because I just saw this on um, on Wikipedia, but I didn't realize it. Windmills was apparently on an episode of Scrubs uh, season four episode. It was used and Scrubs uses music fantastically. Yeah. And you can totally hear it's kind of one of those one of those more emotional kind of dramatic songs. It's going to be on one of those moments where, oh, shit, something something intense has happened to J.D. or, or I don't know, or something sad has happened to J.D. And then this song kind of kicks in. Um, I, that's my guess. I can't remember it immediately from Scrubs, mm-hmm. but appara- I think it fits well. And all right, so my number one uh, is a song that also I actually kind of see as an introspective song, even mm. though it's one of their biggest hits. In fact, it's probably their biggest hit because it hit number eighteen yeah. on the Billboard Top 100, and that is "Walk on the Ocean." I get the, I do see those same vibes. The the you, you know the you look inward with this song. Yeah, I mean it's it it's sort of in between 
not quite being a, a rockin' song and not quite being such a slow, introspective song. He kind of has like introspective lyrics, and actually, surprisingly, uh, what he's what has been said about it is the lyrics were actually originally just written as placeholders. I remember when we oh, talked about yeah. uh, how uh, uh, Paul McCartney would do that when yes. we talked about the Beatles with uh, um, uh, with our buddy Will. Mm-hmm. Um, but he couldn't come up with anything better because he literally just wrote the first thing that came across his mind. And he's, he goes, unfortunately, I have no idea what it means. But you know what? It doesn't matter if he doesn't know what it means. <laughs> if it means something to the listener, that's what's important. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not one of those people who says that whatever the songwriter says is yeah. the meaning of the song has to be the meaning of the song. Because if it means something to you for a different reason, then that's what it is. That's what it should be, um, and you know what? If it every song is going to mean something else to the songwriter because there's always going to be a backstory, but your your experience with it is just going to be the music, mm-hmm. and there doesn't have to be more to a backstory than to what it gives to you. And so, I with this one, it was always just kind of one of those ones that I like to be introspective and, and listen to. Yeah. I would often listen to this one. Um, with another one that I I always loved and said was an introspective uh, song, which was Cast No Shadow by Oasis. That's another okay. slow one that I really, really like. So this one has always been the one that I've gone back to as far as Toad songs. Like, it's, it, anytime it comes up, I'm, I'm always down to hear it. Yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic song, and I think definitely probably their most well-known or right up there. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's our uh, top ten list. Adam, I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, going particularly the research was yes. really fun. Um, going back and listening to a lot of these songs, a lot of them kind of hit me back in the feels or a lot of that nostalgia, and it made me really happy. <laughs> Sometimes I worry that stuff like this is more fun for us with all the research that we actually have to do to do it <laughs> sure. than the listeners listen to the list. However, you know, they do. we do get to give them a taste of the music, so I think that helps. Yeah. I hope that... If you've not listened to a lot of Toad the Wet Sprocket or any Toad the Wet, Spock, Wet Sprocket, um, any some one or two or three or all of these songs, hopefully maybe inspired you to go find them um, and go listen to some of this stuff, or maybe you hadn't heard them in a long time, and or didn't even know who the artist was. And that, that my hope for the audience in this is really just to kind of hopefully connect you with uh, something maybe you hadn't heard in a long time. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with John. Like, if you guys have picked up any of, like, the, the snippets and be like, oh, wow, that sounds interesting, go ahead. Hop on Spotify, hop on, you know, Google or YouTube Music, whatever you use to listen if you use a, a play thing, or just find on YouTube. Um, f- listen to some of these whole songs, because Toad the West Rocket, I think, has unfortunately kind of, you know, gotten... Um, forgotten amidst mm-hmm. a lot of the other bigger 90s acts right but you go back and listen to their stuff and boy they brought quality after quality song and i'm glad we did a top 10 over just one album because i think they have some really good stuff to offer people i agree all right that was our top 10 toad the wet sprocket songs please join us next time as adam and i go back to college to break down the 1994 film with honors discuss the TV show A Different World, and recast with honors using Actors of Today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. 
to find us on social media, search for at BlastPassCast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke.